Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we will be discussing an article from the September issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, Limit Feeding Cows Corn as an Alternative to Hay. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the author, Aaron Labry, who's a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator based in South Central Nebraska. Thanks for joining me today, Aaron. You bet. Thanks for having me. Well, Aaron, it's been a dry summer across much of the state, and this has resulted in reduced hay production, and we're seeing that being played out in terms of increased hay prices from what we've seen in the last few years. This article is one you've written on before, but I think it's timely again as we look at current corn prices and the price per unit of energy for corn compared to hay. And in this article, you highlight the opportunity or option for folks to consider if they're thinking about trying to find a way to maybe cost effectively winter some cows or maybe bridge the gap between now and corn stocks, limit feeding some corn with a little bit of hay and supplement may be a pretty competitive option depending on your resources. Share with us how this works and some things that people should consider if they want to look at this option. Certainly. Well, like you said, Aaron, right now the way corn prices are looking, it's really a competitive option to feeding hay right now. And and when we talk about that, we're thinking about it in terms of being the primary energy source. And so considering that corn has a higher energy content than hay, really the cost of feeding hay is often higher than corn on a price per pound of energy basis. And so to put that into perspective, uh, if you've got $3 corn, that's 88% dry matter and 88% TDN, that equates to about seven cents per pound of TDN or total digestible nutrients. Whereas hay priced at $100 a ton can be around 11 cents per pound of TDN. Now when we feed hay, because of its lower energy content, we can offer it free choice. Whereas higher energy feeds like corn should be limit fed to not only avoid putting too much condition on those cows, but also avoid any digestive upsets. And so that's why we have to include some amount of forage in a grain-based diet. And a lot of times we recommend a minimum of a quarter to a half percent of body weight on a dry matter basis. But Ohio State University has done some research in this area where they looked at limit feeding corn as an alternative to hay for mature cows uh, in gestation and early lactation. And so what they did was feed around 11 pounds of whole-shelled corn, two and a half pounds of a pelleted supplement, and two pounds of hay on a dry matter basis, and then compared that to just feeding hay and a salt and mineral mix free choice to cows from November to April. And what they found was that cows fed free choice hay ate twice as much feed, which resulted in double the feed cost compared to limit feeding a corn-based diet. And so they were essentially able to meet the nutrient requirements of those cows without negatively impacting performance, conception rate, or calf weaning weights. So Aaron, there's some things to consider from a management perspective for folks who are looking at these options. Bunk space is really going to be important because as we're thinking about limit feeding cows, we need to make sure we have plenty of bunk space available so everybody gets their fair share. Give some perspective on what we need to think through on that. Certainly. So one of the big ones is going to be as you adjust those cows to that limit-fed diet, it, it really should be done over a week to 10-day period. 
to kind of help them transition to that new diet and reduce the chance of any digestive issues. Like you said, air and bunk space is really important. So if we can provide at least 24 to 30 inches of bunk space per cow, that can help make sure they all have an opportunity to eat the limited amount of feed that's available. Uh, using an ionophore can help improve feed efficiency and also reduce any digestive issues. If you're able to divide cows into groups based on age and pecking order, that can help keep some of those boss cows from keeping any younger, more timid cows from getting their share of the ration. Now it's important to realize that cows will act hungry when receiving a limit-fed diet, even though the ration's meeting their nutrient requirements. And so feeding cows at a consistent time each day can really help reduce this discontented behavior. And then making sure that adjustments are made to the ration to account for any changes in the cow's nutrient requirements. We know the nutrient needs of the cow are highest during late gestation and early lactation, and that cold weather events can increase energy requirements of the cow. So just accounting for those changes in the cow's nutrient requirements and making those adjustments to the ration are important as well. Anything else you'd like to highlight on this, Erin, as we point towards wrapping this up? If you're looking for more information on limit feeding cows, the University of Nebraska has done a lot of work in this area. And so I'd encourage you to visit the Dry Lot Beef Cow Calf Enterprise page at beef.unl.edu. And we also have an Excel-based spreadsheet that's called the Feed Cost Calculator. And this is a really good resource um, that can help you evaluate cost differences of feedstuffs and, and look at them on a per pound of nutrient basis. But if you need help with these tools or putting together a ration for your cows, I'd encourage you to reach out to your local beef educator because we're certainly here to help. Thanks again for joining me today, Erin. Yes, thanks for having me. For more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, there's a number of resources on this topic, including webinars, NEB guides, and other resources such as articles like the one we talked about today.